Welcome home. I'm John Hernandez, and you have tuned in to the CFA Church Podcast. If you have any questions about CFA Church, feel free to visit us at cfachurch.com. We pray that you would walk away from this moment loving Jesus and changing the world. Enjoy the podcast. Wow, what another amazing weekend at CFA and what all God is doing, fine arts, and I love my city. How many I love my city people do we have out there? Give me a, don't just wave at me. You got to make some noise out there. I see you. I, I think we ought to institute another day after I love my city day called I love my chiropractor. That's what I think that we should institute, but absolutely amazing. Think about this. Seven years ago, God put that vision on CFA's heart, so we started with one church and one project. Seven years later, y'all, thanks to giving this away to Cooperative Christian Ministries, numerous nonprofits and churches. So yesterday, 79 projects being tackled all across this area. Yeah, let's just give God praise for that, and man, just huge thanks to... Uh, to you guys and those who were involved, just a s- small glimpse of so many stories and testimonies, but just a small glimpse. I uh, went down to the Opportunity House. They are down the street and work with homelessness in our area. And she said, the executive director said, Pastor, what, what you guys were able to do in one day, we have to shut down for a week. We have to shut down for a week, but you guys did this in one day, and she said, oh, by the way, you know how like when you go home and your house is clean? Like, you know, you come home from a long day of work, and then you're looking like, oh, I didn't do the dishes, and now you got to do that. She said, that's the feeling we get when we walk in on Monday, and the dishes aren't still there. Everything's clean and ready for us, and that's just one representation. So, again, can we just thank everybody that was involved in I Love My City? Such a great outreach. And parents, please don't miss Ted Cunningham right after service next week, lunch. Uh, it's five bucks a person, and that includes childcare and your lunch. And I promise you, parents, you will laugh your way to being a better parent because you got to laugh. Uh, no, seriously, like as a parent, you, ha- you have to laugh or you will kill somebody. Those are the alternatives. So um, if you heard Ted Cunningham, it is going to be amazing. He's our guest speaker next Sunday. So bring somebody. It is going to be a fun day at CFA. Daniel chapter 2. Daniel chapter 2 as we continue our series called Lionhearted. We know that Daniel faced the lions in chapter 6, but really there's lions all through the book of Daniel. They come in many different forms. They're the same lions that you faced this past week. The, the lion of culture, the lion of fear, the lion of other people, all kinds of different lions. But we're preaching through this series that the roar that is inside of you, come on somebody, the roar inside of you is greater than the roar around you. If you believe that this morning, say a good amen. Daniel chapter 2. This is a strange dream. Anybody have a strange dream like just this week? Like just a, like like what? (laughs) Some, like a dream where you just pretend it didn't even happen. You're just like, I don't even know what that was about. Daniel had a, I'm sorry, Nebuchadnezzar had a strange dream. Daniel chapter 2. One night, during the second year of his reign, Nebuchadnezzar had such disturbing dreams that he couldn't sleep. 
He called in his magicians, enchanters, sorcerers, and astrologers. And he demanded that they tell him what that, what that he had dreamed. As they stood before the king, he said, I have had a dream that deeply troubles me, and I got to know, I got to know what this thing means. Then the astrologers answered the king in Aramaic, long live the king. Tell us the dream, and we will tell you what it means. I'm going to say something like that, too, if I'm in their shoes. But the king said to the astrologers, I'm serious about this. If you don't tell me what my dream was and then tell me what it means, you'll be torn from limb to limb and your houses will be turned into heaps of rubble. By the way, I don't know that it matters if your house is in a heap of rubble if you have no appendages. But that's just a thought. If you tell me what I dreamed and what the dream means, I will give you many wonderful gifts and honors. And then he says this, just, just tell me my dream. And tell me what it means. So to, to look at that at first glance, that's a crazy request, right? I mean, that is, if your boss calls a staff meeting first thing in the morning, and he's like, I had this crazy dream last night, and I want you to not only tell me what the dream means, but I want you to, I'm not even going to tell you my dream. So go ahead, uh, somebody around the table, just tell me my dream Tell me what it means. If you get it, you all get raises and promotions. And if you don't, you're all dead. Like, that's, that's not the best staff. That's what happened here. King Nebuchadnezzar calls his team in, and he's like, I want to know, know what I dreamed, and I know what it means. And as I'm thinking this week just of the insanity of this request, I started thinking, you know, that's pretty much what we do every day of our lives. Like, that's the longing of our heart. Is it, It's the longing of every kid, the longing of every teenager, the longing of every single 20-something, the longing of every college student and newlywed, the longing of every 30-something, the longing of every empty nester, the longing of every retired person, is you want to know two things. You want to know somebody tell me what in the world is going on in here and then explain it. Like, you want somebody to express it, and then you want somebody to explain it. Let me, let me explain this by, uh, by this. So this Friday night, uh, I went to my first father-daughter dance. And it was, oh, it was so cool. CFA Academy did a great job. And, and so this week, I was, I was showing my nine-year-old, I was showing her my moves. So I was like in the living room, you know, Alexa, play Ice Ice Baby. And then, and then we were, I'm not making this up, by the way. Uh, this, this actually happened. And then we were practicing slow, we were practicing waltzing uh, to the nutcracker. And then I, and then I was like, well, we got to practice just a regular slow dance. I'm like, Alexa, play Every Rose Has Its Thorn. And, and so we were, but, but as I was showing Anna my moves, I left that living room with, I guess you could call it a warning because she told me, Daddy, if you try any of that stuff, I will escort you right out of the building. So I refrained from all of those moves at the father-daughter dance. But it was, but anyway, so this was like, this was my first dance in quite a number of years. I just got to tell you do, you, do you remember the middle school dances? Like, do you remember, do you, so like, just find your wall, right? Like, find, okay, I'm safe. 
middle school cafeteria, high school, middle school gymnasium, just find your wall. Why? Because, well, a lot of reasons, but one of the reasons was you had things and you had feelings and you had emotions and you had thoughts going on in here that you had no capacity, <laughs> like zero capacity to express. So you're like, all you do is just stare. You're like, you're seeing that person across the cafeteria, and you're looking at them, and then, and then here's what happened. A miracle happened. It was called the miracle of REO Speedwagon. Come on, children of the 80s, can I get a, can I get a witness in the house? You're like, I don't know how I've got emotions, and I've got hormones, and I've got all these things, and then REO Speedwagon just starts singing, I can't fight this feeling anymore, and you're like, that's it, that's it, I've forgotten what I started fighting for, oh, come on, so bring the ship into the shore, and throw away the oar forever, and with courage in your heart, you made your way across that dance floor, and because, because why? You found somebody to express things for you that you did not have the capacity to express on your own. That's what good art does, right? What's your favorite song? Pull up your playlist right now. No, don't. That's probably a bad idea. But then again, your pastor just confessed that I was listening to Every Rose Has Its Thorn this week. So why do, you, why do you put songs on your playlist? I bet it's more than they just have a good beat. In some ways, they are expressing for you thoughts and emotions that you did not have the capacity to express. That's why when I'm at a wedding and a couple's first dance is Rascal Flats, God bless the broken road. I'm like, oh, I bet it was. <laughs> Y'all broke up eight times this past month, didn't you? But they're like, God bless the broken road. <laughs> That's what good art does. It expresses things for us. And that is the, lo that is the longing of your heart this morning. I bet you got some things inside of you that you do not have the capacity to put words to. Every male in the house, say amen. amen. So this is, what, this is what happens. You have these two sides. You have express it, and that's kind of the more artistic side of us. And then you have explain it, and that's the more scientific side of us, right? And all of us kind of go to one or two of those sides. And so you have people that are a little more expressive people and people that are a little more explain it people. A lot of guys are a little more explain it to people. So uh, ladies, let me help you out. That's why when you ask us things and we respond with a one-word answer, we feel that we have properly explained the entire situation to you. And we feel we have done it in a very concise manner. Like we feel really good about ourselves with that one word answer. But guys, they were not looking for an explanation. They were looking for an expression. An expression. So we didn't, we didn't understand, we didn't understand our emotions, but we tried to explain it. By the way, ladies, I just want to say y'all don't understand your emotions either. And you have, you're just taking us on a journey of the explanation process. Come on, come on. Don't leave, you're leaving your pastor out to dry here. I'm telling the truth, right? Some of us are, 
we're just going to, I don't know what I'm feeling, but I'm going to express it until I find out. I don't know what, I, or, or you're expressing things to me, and I don't want the expression. I just want to, I want to jump in, and I want to explain. Tell me my dream. Tell me what it means. Tell me my dream when you were a high schooler. Tell me my dream. Tell me what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life and tell me how to get there. When you're 40 years old, tell me what I'm supposed to do with the rest of my life and tell me how to get there. Express it and explain it. It's the longing of our heart. It's the longing of our soul. And so we all live with with this longing to be understood and the longing for meaning. And when we don't get those two things, we can walk through life feeling either misunderstood or misinformed. And both of those things are very frustrating. So then in verse 11, the astrologers and the people that are supposed to know the dream and they're supposed to know the interpretation of the dream... They're trying to be nice, right? They're like, long live the king. I'd be saying that too. Long live the king and long live me. And long, you know, they're just niceties to King Nebuchadnezzar because it just feels so, feels like such an unreasonable request. And they say, it is a difficult thing that the king requests. And there is no other who can tell it to the king except the gods. And by the way, king, the God's dwelling place is not among the flesh. So basically, they're saying there's no man, there's no woman, there's, there's no fiancé, there's no spouse, there's no child, there's no counselor, there's no psychologist, there's no medical doctor, thankful for all of these things. But they're saying, they're saying there's nobody that can do any of this except the gods. And king, by the way, the gods dwelling place is not among the flesh. And uh, what I love in this statement is almost kind of what they're not saying. Because what they're, what they're almost not saying is, see, their, their uh, religious system was this multi, multi-deistic system. So they had a god for everything, right? They had the, the god of fertility and the god of crops and the god of rain and the god of, you know, so they would, uh, you just basically, you tried to live your life um, not making the gods angry, and you sure didn't want the gods to come down there because if the gods came down there, it meant that they were angry and you were probably in a lot of trouble. And so you just lived your life under a lot of guilt and performance-based uh, type of stuff, trying to get the god of rain to pour rain out in the springtime so your crops would grow if you wanted a child, trying to beg or perform some ritual that the god of fertility would give you a child. And so there was this multi-deistic system but basically they were saying you don't want king nobody knows this except the gods and you don't want the gods the gods haven't come down in the flesh but almost what they were saying was this kind of read between the lines but if there was like if there was a god are you catching this if there was a god who did come down into the flesh so um Maybe you've never heard this story. Maybe you've grown up in church all your life. Either way, I think it's just good to be reminded that God created Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden. And he created them with free will and a free choice because he didn't want them to love him like robots. And so there were all these trees and it was a beautiful garden and a perfect place. But there were these trees, the tree of life and the tree of knowledge of good and evil in the center of the garden. And God said, don't eat those trees. Don't eat those trees. But they rebelled against God and they ate the fruit of the tree. Now God was so loving but he's also holy and so sin couldn't be in the presence of God so a heartbroken father
father had to kick the kiddos out of the house. But he wasn't done with them. He went after them. He went after them with the law. He went after them with the prophets. He went after the whole Old Testament. The first uh, 37 books of the Bible are God's love story. He's chasing after his kids, just trying to bring them back, trying to bring them back. But they continually reject him, trying to continually reject him. And so then God says, I'm going to come down in the flesh. And that's who Jesus is. And that's what the incarnation is. God says, I love you so much that I'm going to take part of me, my son, my flesh. And God is going to, God came down, was born on this earth, born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a perfect death. And basically the incarnation was God stepping into our situation. Hebrews says it like this, uh, Hebrews 4.15, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as, as we are, and yet he did not sin. And so what that means for you this morning, as you're struggling to try to express emotions inside of you that you don't know what's going on and explain them when you do, is that you have a God, you have a God who understands you because he did come down in the flesh. Jesus knows what it's like to be a kid. He knows what it's like to be a teenager. He knows what it's like to lose a parent. He knows what it's like to be a leader and cast vision and not have people follow you. He knows what it's like to have his best friends turn their backs on him. He knows what it's like to walk with the pressure of popularity, and he knows what it's like to be talked about behind his back. He knows what it's like to suffer abuse. He knows what it's like to suffer pain. No matter what you're going through this morning, there is a God who became flesh, and he stepped into your situation, and he stepped into your life. That's what they're saying there is a God who became flesh and Jesus knows what you're going through in the incarnation this morning changes everything because of the incarnation write these couple of things down number one there is nobody nobody that can understand you like Jesus Verse 12 says this about King Nebuchadnezzar. For this reason, the king was angry and furious. And can I tell you this this morning? You will live in continual anger and frustration in your life when you put the expectation of understanding and meaning on any other relationship in your life except for Jesus. Marriages, if you want an angry and frustrating marriage, put the expectation on your spouse that can only be fulfilled by Jesus. Parents, if you want to, if you want to uh, raise an emotionally messed up, out of balance household, go ahead and make the child the center of your home and then put all of your emotions and self-worth onto the performance of that seven-year-old and her little dance recital and you will have one jacked up home. And I'm just telling you the truth. I'm not mad. I'm just telling you about this thing in our society that we have called child idolatry and it's putting on our, the shoulders of our nine-year-olds things that only Jesus can carry. And by the way, if we, if we put on children the gratification of any other need, you know what that's called? That's called abuse, and it'll put you in jail. It's sexual abuse, and it's physical abuse. Well, there's emotional abuse of children going on in our land, and it's rampant. It's emotionally trying to live our lives to the love and success of our children, and that is not designed, parents. I know I'm getting a little ahead. Ted Cunningham would do a better job than I'm doing right now, but I'm just telling you, you will live in anger and frustration. And by the way, you'll raise angry and frustrated kids. 
because they'll get to 18 and said, my dad just lived all his dreams through me. What was that about? I've heard the stories. I've heard the stories as a teacher and a youth pastor. And so what we have to do in this moment is say that there is nobody that can meet my emotional need like Jesus. And you run to the foot of the cross and you have Jesus meet your needs. And then you begin to parent out of an overflow. You begin to live your life with your spouse out of the overflow. Friendships, 20-somethings, college-age student. You ever have a friend that was real fun to hang out with for a week and then they got too needy too quick, don't say amen. They might be sitting by you, but I'm just telling you like it is in relationships because this is what, this is what happens because we all live with this need of somebody express and somebody explain, and we run, run from relationship to relationship looking for somebody else, some song, some movie. While, while I'm at it, I'm just going to go this direction. So some of us get addicted to movies and television shows because we find a character who we live vicariously through, and we say, I don't want to do the hard work of relationship and sitting down with my family and having a conversation, so I'm going to turn on the television, and I'm going to allow that character to explain life to me, because that's a good idea. You want Hollywood speaking into your marriage and your home, and I'm not mad at Netflix or television, but when they replace face-to-face -face conversation in the home, this is when we get into trouble, amen? Okay, some of you with me. I'm just going to keep going. It's true regardless. Number two, your life, your life will never have fullness of meaning without Jesus. Your life will never have fullness of meaning without Jesus. So Nebuchadnezzar had achieved basically everything. Like his father had been the ruler of Babylon and then Nebuchadnezzar stepped into this situation Nebuchadnezzar's father had conquered most of the known world at that time, and Nebuchadnezzar just finished it up. Basically, there were, there were no known enemies of Babylon because they were all servants. He had wealth beyond wealth. Think of this. Uh, so one of the richest, if not the richest person on the face of the earth was Solomon. Guess who went to Israel and ransacked Solomon's temple and brought the wealth of the temple to Babylon? It was Nebuchadnezzar. So that is the kind of wealth. He had power. You didn't cross him. You didn't mess with him. He did the uh, uh, hanging gardens of Babylon, one of the wonders of the ancient world. So you see the arts. You see the sciences. You see all of this. And yet Nebuchadnezzar had this, well, this Nebuchadnezzar syndrome. And it was, here's, here's what the Nebuchadnezzar syndrome is. It's achievement without meaning. Achievement without meaning. We, we see this all the time, don't we? I mean, this is, this is the world we live in. Th things that really haven't changed in thousands of, uh, of years. We search for achievement, and we, we just keep thinking that the next achievement will bring meaning. The next, the next A on the report card will bring meaning. And if I can just become a starter on the high school baseball team, it'll bring meaning. And if I just make the dean's list this semester, it'll bring meaning. And if I just can walk across this platform and get a diploma, it'll bring meaning. And, if I, and the list goes on and on this morning, and I'm happy for your achievement, and God wants you to achieve things in your life. Just never, ever, ever confuse that achievement with true meaning in your life because you can achieve the world, and if you don't have Jesus, you have nothing. 
But on the other side, Jesus wants to step into your situation right now, this morning. You say, Pastor, I don't feel like I have achieved anything. You can have everything. When you say yes to Jesus, he is meaning. He is meaning. He will assign meaning to your days. He will assign meaning to your relationships. He will sign, assign meaning to the menial, seemingly menial tax, tasks of your life. I'm reading a, a book by a 16th century uh, a spiritual man, a wonderful Christian man. It was Brother Lawrence of the Resurrection. And he wrote a little book called The Practice of the Presence of God. And his, his nickname was the Lord of the Pots and Pans. Because, because every little task, when he was scrubbing dishes, he said, I just feel God's presence. Wouldn't it, wouldn't it be amazing just to walk through every day and every little task has meaning? Not because of necessarily just that you're getting the egg off of the bottom of the pan, but because of Jesus and you're serving Jesus and you're walking with Jesus and he gives you, he can give you meaning this morning. Let's finish up our story. And because of the king's decree, wise men were sent to find and kill Daniel and his friends. And when Arioch, the commander of the king's guard, came to kill them, Daniel handled the situation with wisdom and discretion. This is that Daniel anointing. Some of you are in the middle of a Daniel fast. If you don't know who that is, it's the person whose stomach just rumbled next to you. They're Daniel fasting and forgive them for that. So, uh, but, but do you see what Daniel continued to walk in years later? He walked in wisdom and discretion. The Lord is in the middle of releasing that. So I know you want the taco for lunch today. But when you just continue to walk in that Daniel fast, the Lord is increasing that anointing upon you. And he asked Arioch, why has the king issued such a harsh decree? So Arioch told him all that had happened. And Daniel went at once to see the king and requested more time to tell the king what the dream meant. Then Daniel went home and told his friends Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah what had happened. And he urged them to ask the God of heaven to show them mercy by telling them the secret. So they would not be executed along with the wise men of Babylon. That night the secret was revealed to Daniel in a vision. And Daniel praised the God of heaven. He said, praise the name of God forever and ever. For he has all wisdom and power. He said, God controls the course of world events and he removes kings and sets up other kings. Come on, you, gotta you ought to have that scripture taped to your television. When you flip on the news, come on. God controls the course of the world events. He removes kings and sets up other kings. And he gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the scholars. And then listen to this. It says God reveals deep and mysterious things. He knows what is hidden and lies in darkness, though it is surrounded by light. So if you're an artist in this place, the good news is I think the best artists are artists that know Jesus because he's the ultimate artist and you can't know the human heart without knowing the creator of the human heart. And so when you say yes to Jesus, your paintings take on more life. Your sculptures are better and your music is better. Christians ought to be the best artists reclaiming the arts through reclaiming lives. That's not a bad idea because God is the ultimate artist, but he's also the ultimate scientist. So we got artists in the room, but we got scientists in the room. Did you catch this? God reveals deep and mysterious things. So there was this guy a century ago named Nikola Tesla. 
And Einstein gets a lot of credit, and rightly so. But the more you read about this guy, the more he may, he may be like the inventor of the past millennium, really. I mean, Tesla, a lot of the stuff we have today with wireless communication and electricity, and you're like, I thought it was a car. It is a car, but it's not. But the, the name comes from Nikola Tesla, and I want you to listen to what he wrote. This is right out of his autobiography. He says, the gift of mental power comes from God, divine being. And if we concentrate our minds on that truth, we become in tune with this great power. So you know what Tesla did? Tesla started reading his Bible. And Tesla, according to his own words, as he began to read in the book of Revelation, said that God's power through the Holy Spirit and the word of God started to reveal secrets to him about electricity and wireless communication. And then this is what he continues to write. He says, he, said, he wrote this in 1890. You know, no big deal. He says, by its means, for instance, a telephone subscriber here may call up and talk to any other subscriber on earth on an inexpensive receiver, not bigger than a watch, that will enable him to li listen anywhere on land or sea to a speech delivered or music played in some other place, however distant. Y'all, 1890, Tesla invented the Apple Watch. <laughs> like, on the, back of your, on the back of your cell phone, it shouldn't say Steve Jobs, not that it does, but it should, like Steve Jobs should say, thank you, Nikola Tesla. And oh, by the way, Tesla said, all glory to God. God gave me the secrets for doing this. He was inventing stuff. This is crazy. The God of the universe in 1890 knew about your cell phone. And if God knew that, how much more does he know the situation that you're walking through this morning? How much does he know the thing that's going on in your body that your doctor can't figure out? God knows what's going on. And if God knows what's going on, he can bring his power to it. That's the power. That's the power of a God who's artistic. That's the power of a God of science. And so then Daniel goes on. He interprets the dream, saves the day. Nebuchadnezzar's happy. The, the other uh, astrologers are really happy. All of this. And then Daniel says this. This is how we're going to wrap up this morning. Two verses. He says in verse 28, Daniel says, how, do, how did I do all this? It's not me. It's not, I'm not smart enough to do that. He says, there is a God in heaven who reveals secrets. Thank you so much for joining us. Here at CFA Church, it is our deepest hope that you have found the place that you can call home. For more information about this community or to find out how you can connect, simply head over to cfachurch.com where you can plan a visit right from the website. It is our prayer that you will continue to love Jesus and change the world. God bless you.